God damn. I had to literally fucking get the goddamn dust off of my podcast recording equipment because it has been a hot fucking minute since I've come on here. Welcome back to your favorite podcast, Brunch with Des B. I'm your host, Des, also known as Des B, and this is the Brunch with Des B podcast. I have not been on in a few weeks because I had a mental breakdown, okay? I had a postpartum mental breakdown, but I'm telling you, when I grabbed the microphone and pressed the record button, I literally got horny because I was like, I, I'm back in my element, bitch, and podcasting gets me going, okay? In a very also like non-sexual way, like do you ever get like horny for something, but not because you want to like dick it down because you just love it so much? Like I get horny for my skincare. I get horny for my morning coffee. What do you get horny for? I want to know that today. Like what do you get non-sexually horny for? I also kind of hate that word. I'm sorry. I, it's so out of my character right now to say the word horny, but it's just kind of rolling off the tongue today. So with that being said, I am so horny for you guys today. I have been waiting to pick up this mic again, but you know, I knew I needed to do it when I was a better me, because at the end of the day, if you show up for anyone, and this goes to even all of you guys listening, if you show up for anyone and you are not your best self, you're not going to be the best for them either. And even if that means putting on a fake face and you're, you know, oh, fake it till you make it show up. You can only do that so far in so long until it really comes back to bite you in the ass. I, I kind of believe this idea of fake it until you become it, right? Like if you're on social media, act like you're the shit, put out that confidence and it, it'll come back to you, you know? But there's also this weird borderline gray area of, fake it till you make it, fake it till you become it can also be super toxic. And so for me, I feel like for weeks, probably about a good month, I was faking it until I become it. I was faking this, um, I don't want to say faking confidence, but I was putting myself in this mindset of like, yeah, I can do it. Yes, I can do this all. Yes, I'm doing it all and how proud I was. And then one day I just fucking broke. Like, I don't even know what the straw on the camel's fucking back was, but dude, my shit was broken. I couldn't even be a mom. Like it was so debilitating. I couldn't even move off the couch. Like I, I could barely take care of my littlest son. Like Maddox at least can run around and find his goldfish in his bottle. My baby, bro, he can't do anything. He don't even know what his hands do yet, you know? And so I was, I was just at a loss, dude. I cried all day and, um, I cried the whole next day too. I've also been really struggling with this idea of, you know, having my quote last baby, like, or, you know, what we're saying is our last baby. Like what is going to happen? How am I feeling? How am I digesting this on top of hitting three months postpartum? All of these things you throw into like this big jumbo pot of like beef stew in like I'm boiling. You know what I'm saying? Like my shit is fucked. So I had a terrible breakdown and I was supposed to record that day. And so I got on and told you guys, you know, a few weeks ago now, I was like, dude, I'll be back in September, but it is now September 4th and I am fucking back. We are four days away from Maddox turning two years old. How crazy is that? Because that means that we've been podcasting for like two and a half years now. And I don't really take breaks. So even having these two weeks Um, after like maternity leave, it felt really good. I'm not going to lie. I feel rejuvenated. I needed that time to just kind of be like, 
take care of myself, take care of some stuff that I needed to do, um, and more. So thank you guys for bearing with me. I hope that that's a testimony for you guys too. Like if there's ever something that you're doing that starts to not serve you, take that step back and revisit it. I would rather take a step back and come back full force, full of energy, instead of drag it on just so I quote, don't miss an episode. And I'm like, not a good host. You know what I mean? And so thank you guys for taking a step back with me, allowing me that space and then returning back to listen yet again. It's, it's kind of this weird mental fuck of where you're like, well, if I stop, well, if I take a break, people aren't going to come back. People aren't going to listen again. And I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, if I have my ride or dies, my true listeners, I could go MIA for a fucking month and you bitches would still come back with your hands in the air and your titties out asking me to sign your boobs. You know what I'm saying? So that's where we're at this Sunday. Um, and again, you know, we're just a few days away from Maddox turning two and just so many beautiful things occurring this month of September. I'm celebrating three years of marriage. Um, it's, it's awesome. We have a lot on the table. We have a lot looking to look forward to. I got a wedding. Um, I'm gearing up for another wedding. I'm getting my hair done. I get my eyebrows. Well, that's October. I get my eyebrows microbladed yet again. Um, like I have like a touch up. We'll, we'll get into that in a second, but, um, just a lot of really great things. But before I move on any further, I do want to tell you guys something really exciting that is coming this month. And I haven't actually really told anyone this anywhere yet. Um, which I guess, you know, kind of makes sense because I haven't really talked to anyone, <laughs> but we will be launching the DBFT fit guide 1.0 on September 9th which is Monday. It might even come out on Sunday, the 18th. We're kind of gauging, um, when the website will be done so it can be uploaded. But again, I'm sharing this with you guys first. We're still working out the kinks, but as of now we will be live with DBFT fit guide 1.0 on this, on the 18th or the 19th. And this is celebrating five years, five years of DBFT. All right. So, um, I'm really excited for that. It's going to be an eight week program. Okay. Not just a six weeks. It's eight weeks workouts, week one through four new workouts, week five through eight. All right. So you still have that separate split. There's no eBooks. There's no extra stuff. It's just the workouts, but this will get you guys through all the way to four weeks for gains. And then before you know it, we're already back at six weeks to slay, which is our six week challenge. So, um, just a lot of really exciting things coming up. If you are a challenger right now, six weeks of strength, you will get an extra discount. And then for that first week only of launch, it will be $55. After that, it will be 65 going there on out. So if you pick it up within that first week, you do get um, a discount on that. And again, these prices could even change um, to something you know different. It won't be higher, if anything. But this is just the raw details. Again, I'm sharing this with you guys literally first. Um, but the workouts are great. I revamped them, added in the pregnancy modifications, adding in at home. So even if you have DBFT Fit Guide 1.0, literally my first ever Fit Guide, this will still be different for you. So I'm really excited. Um, also, just a huge thank you to everyone here who, even if you haven't been with me since the exact beginning, I still want to say thank you so much for supporting me even now because it allows me to still come out with programs, come out with our challenges, host cha host challenges, host mini challenges, all these things, as well as upgrade the app, which when you guys see the new app upgrades, you're literally going to piss your pants. Like this new app, our new app, fucking insane. I am so proud of it and I cannot wait to share it with you guys. I'm hoping that'll be completed by six weeks to slay. Um, so 
with all that being said, um, not much is new in my corner on it, honestly, besides, um, I think last time I talked to you guys, I did have my eyebrows microbladed. Um, absolutely love my decision again, Michiana microblading, bro. I would go back there next week and get them done again and again and again. Um, I'm loving the shape. They, they went through like a little bit of a flaking phase, which is really normal. And then you're kind of like, oh my God, did like my, did my microblading like go away? And then it kind of like heals. And then you see the color come back. It's really interesting. And they come back very like a good color for your brow. Like they match your brow. And so when it heals, it's kind of like this warm color, a warm, like orangey color. And then once it's fully healed, it like goes to that natural hue of your brow. So it's like really healed right now. I go back for my touch up in October and that is kind of like your last touch up until you go back, you know, maybe like a year or two after or whatever it might be. So I'm really loving that. Um, I mentioned to you guys a few weeks ago, I was having a terrible fucking breakout. We have that under control, guys. Skin is back skinning. I literally took out all of my skincare treatments, everything. I only was cleansing, moisturizing, SPF. And like literally it was such a good, almost like um, detox for my skin. I can't even explain it. It was awesome. I had a really great chemical peel as well from my esthetician, Leah Hodder. Um, you can find her on uh, skin the Skin Bar St. Joseph. So she did one peel on me which, you know, appeal is going to help, but it's also how you continue to take care of it. Right. So I'm really proud of myself for just sticking to my guns, detoxing my skin, so to speak. Um, and it's been great. I also have not drank. Well, I drank once I went to the bachelorette party. Remember that was my only weekend I allowed to drink, but my goal for the six weeks to strength challenge was not to drink. I haven't drank. Um, it's not that I even want to, but I I'm really craving a sangria. I love a good sangria from uh, silver beach pizza. So I miss that. Um, but we are crushing it. Wyatt and I, I'm down about six pounds. Um, Wyatt's down, I think about 10 now and, um, we're crushing it. I'm, I'm loving the programming. I'm hitting postpartum PRs. I'm hitting PRs that I didn't even hit postpartum with Maddox at this time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really cool. I'm so proud of myself. I'm literally a product of my own programming. Like I don't do other workouts. I don't, I don't do workouts that you guys aren't doing. Like, I hope you understand that. I'm, I'm not sitting here going, Oh my God, use my plans. And then I'm like programming myself on the side. No, I'm literally doing exactly what you guys are doing if you purchase my programs. So I am a product of everything that I do and the way that I program myself. Um, and that's something that you can also feel confident with if you're in the community. Skincare corner for the week. I did want to talk about my favorite toxic trait. Not really. It's not a toxic trait, but yeah, it kind of is my obsession. Okay. My toxic trait is always having something on my eyes. I don't even call that a toxic trait. My eye gels are literally everything for me. So this is my skincare corner of the week. I want to start by saying, if you want to get rid of under eye, dark circles, sunken in eyes, skincare is going to be your first place to start, right? Eye gels, certain like firming treatments, vitamin C, definitely going to help. On the other hand of things, a lot of it is going to be Botox and filler. All right. I'm just going to be very transparent because a lot of people that you see online with glowing skin have filler in their literal under eye. Okay. So just be weary of that. Okay. It's social media. You're, people don't need to disclaim everything, but if you see someone using skincare 
and maybe their whole face just looks, you know, like glass, they probably have Botox and that's totally cool. Botox is very good for preventative aging as well, or should I just say beautifully aging? But that's one thing I'm just going to tell you too. So these eye gels can definitely help you. But at the end of the day, if you have like severely sunken in under eyes, severely like kind of, um, wrinkles or whatever you want to call it, you're probably going to want to consult a filler injector or something like that. Okay. And that that's only if you want to embrace who embrace your skin, embrace whoever the fuck you are. It doesn't matter. I'm just telling you people don't like to hear it, but that's probably what it could be. Okay. However, eye gels have made a huge difference for me in my makeup routine, in my skincare routine, in my everyday routine. I literally have started putting them on morning and night. So I'll use my gold eye gels usually in the morning. I don't know why I just like them. And then at night I use my cucumber eye gels. So I'm going to link those both in the show notes, description box, link in bio below. Um, but that is what my skincare corner for the week is because these have really changed my routine and elevated them. It also just feels fucking good. Okay. Like put on all of your treatments, put on even an under eye serum. Okay. Put your under eye serum on and then place the gel over it. Allow it to sink in and utilize the product and really sink it into that under eye. It is game changer. Um, so that's my skincare for the week. Now, in terms of recommendations, I have watched quite a bit of TV, to be honest, ever since I had my mental breakdown, I like allowed myself a full day of just like vegetation and hibernation. I have loved the new series untold on Netflix. Look up Untold. There's multiple episodes. One of the recent ones is um, about Manti Teo and his fake girlfriend, quote, the malice at the palace fucked me up. There's another one about hockey, another one called Breaking Points. Um, I've watched quite a bit of them. The Rise and Fall of And One is also on there. Haven't watched that one yet. There's one on Caitlyn Jenner. Um, There's a lot of really great ones in this series. Again, it's called Untold. Really loving it. Really obsessed. Wyatt started to watch Peaky Blinders without me, but he said he would highly recommend. So I did want to throw, I did want to throw that one out there for you guys. Um, and outside of that, honestly, I have been watching a lot of, um, is it cake on Netflix, which I know I'm, I'm late to the party. I'm aware of that. You don't have to tell me that Des, that came out months ago. I fucking know. Okay. I just never got around to watching it, but the untold on Netflix has been my absolute favorite. Um, and of course I've been watching, I don't know if you guys are into like comics at all, but I've been watching a lot of Noel Miller. He's Cody Ko's best friend. Cody Ko's probably my favorite YouTuber. Um, and so I watch Cody Ko a lot and he usually does a lot of videos with Noel, Noel, um, and they actually have a podcast together, tiny meat gang, 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 buzz, buzz, sting, sting, king, wing, and the sting, my other favorite comedians. But anyways, um, so he does this YouTube series called $5 therapy. You guys have to go watch it on YouTube. It's fucking hilarious. It's, it doesn't cost a watch. It's literally just $5 therapy from Noel Miller. Um, hilarious guy, funny fucking submissions. I mean, it's it's literally comical. I almost wanted to steal the segment for myself, obviously giving him full credit, but you guys will have to listen and see if I should do $5 therapy. Um, maybe we'll make it like $1 therapy, (laughs) but anyways, those are my recommendations for the week. Um, today we have a very special episode with my friend, Danny Morin. I am so excited to have her on guys. This is, um, 
a very intimate episode and there's a lot of things that she shared here that she has never shared before. And I just want to say a huge thank you to Danny. She did not have to come on um, and share anything with us at all. Um, but to foster an environment where she felt confident in sharing her story, I am so grateful I can do that for her because it's a beautiful episode. Danny has gone through more than I, more than even my mother heart can fucking imagine. Like I, I, I don't even want to spoil it for you guys. When you listen to this episode, you'll understand why I'm speechless at it, but she also owns a great um, nursing friendly business. It's called Zippy Mama, Z-I-P-P-Y-M-A-M-A. I'll link it below. And this is nursing friendly clothes. So she has really cool joggers that are nursing friendly, um, different types of like dresses, different types of shirts, everything that is more nursing friendly for anyone that just still wants to look cute. You know, when you nurse, you have to think of, okay, how can I best get this shirt off to get my boob out? Right. And so she's alleviated this problem for so many people. Um, and so she did activate a code for me. I believe it's Des B. Um, if it's not Des B, it's Des B 15. Um, I'll have to double check with her on that or feel free to try both of them, but give Danny some support guys. She puts out some great info. Go follow her on Instagram, go follow her on TikTok. go check her out. She, she is a fucking warrior and, um, deserves to have her story told and deserves to have the support of so many people. I'm so grateful to have been able to talk to her. So she's out traveling the world right now with Marriott, uh, but she took time to do a podcast with us and how grateful are we for that? So let me know what you guys are horny for today. (laughs) I'm sorry. That shit was just too much. Um, let me know what you guys think of the episode. And again, thank you so much for bearing with me the past few weeks. I'm back ready to get back at it. This episode obviously is a beautiful interview, but next week, next week I'm coming for you guys. I'm coming for the heat. You better be ready for the tea. Maybe. I don't know. I don't don't really know what's going to happen next week yet, but you better be ready because we're still going to, we're coming in hard. All right. I hope you guys enjoy the episode again. Make sure you give Danny a like and a follow. Let her know you listened to the episode. Let her know what you think and let's get into it. Danny Morin, I'm so excited to have you on. We're we're just hopping on a call and we get to talk all about you today, which I'm really excited. You have so many fun things going on, including traveling the world um, with Marriott. I mean, I don't even want to touch on all these amazing things because it's so exciting for you to even share. So I honestly just want to give you the floor first and foremost, because we obviously also haven't ever actually really talked. So give me a little introduction of like who you are, um, your initial, like come into your adulthood life, the passion, um, that you have now, maybe where did you start, um, prior to this newfound discovery passion the past few years? What's a little bit about you? Oh my gosh. Okay. So first of all, I have to note that it was so funny when you emailed me and I think it's because like as creators, we are just like talking to a screen. We do not right. know who's on the other side. 
it's like you emailed me as if I didn't already know the name of your kids and what you do for like you know what I mean <laughs> right right so you're telling me all this stuff about you I'm like bitch I know who you are so well um, we gotta keep we gotta keep it classy okay yeah so I was just dying too because like I know your personality but you don't know that I know your personality you know what I mean mm-hmm, so I'm like mm-hmm. I mean, and I was like oh my god she's like so professional so professional they're like no obviously I want to be on your podcast like I freaking love this so it's but I was thinking I'm like no I would be the same because you really don't know to like what depth like someone is watching you which is the funniest part about you know social media and like TikTok you Mm -hmm. know is that Mm -hmm. I'll run into people on the streets and they'll be like oh my gosh I know you from TikTok and I'm like you know the DIY baby or like one you what's the scope so right um, no but I love your podcast I've been um and you're like you're so real you're so honest and relatable and you know I think I always I always like to ask people this but like for me, it's like, what makes you follow someone? Not like what made you follow me, but like what makes you follow someone? Like for me, I look for like, it could be one video and I'm like, that was just the most relatable thing that I've ever heard follow, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Or it's something that I'm like conditioned and I'm like watching them and I'm like, okay, this girl like going through some stuff, she's working through some stuff. Like I just like like the way she's doing this. Mm -hmm. And then I follow like, what is it for you? Cause like, I'm always curious. Like I always ask that question. I think what makes me, there's a few different things. Number one, I think immediately is more more humor. I like to keep life light. And so if I find someone that does the same, I love it. And then I think the secondary thing would be relatable, um, being able to like learn from them in some way, even if it's just like how they make their eggs and maybe if it tastes a little bit better, like whatever. And then my last thing would probably be aesthetics like sometimes I like that calming video so there's like a few people especially on TikTok who just do yes exactly so (laughs) it's like as much as I know very very realistically that will never be me I like to watch it and it's very soothing to me so I feel like I have like these three different genres of follows and some people I just like intake their content without ever following because I like it almost being a surprise yeah. Like, it's not something I want to see every day, but when I see it, it's like, ooh, I miss this. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that is so interesting. And, like, that's why I still go over to Instagram sometimes mm-hmm. is because the aesthetic over there, like, they are all prim and proper. Like, you know what I hated is when Instagram started being TikTok. And I know this oh is, like, a side thing. And the reason <laughs> yeah. for that is because there was in- influencers that I followed on there that I was just like, I liked getting out of my life and getting into theirs and Absolutely. watching what they do. And then all of a sudden they started making videos and I'm like, Oh, you are not the girl that I thought I've been following for seven years. All like, right. I Absolutely. See, you know, and yeah. I'm like, no, I come to your page too. Yeah. To, you know, for the fancy Nancy, like not the spit up. Like, right. You know? That's so, so interesting. Cause yeah, I can definitely see where that would paint a different picture, especially for people who never expressed themselves via video or maybe never showed a lot of their life on their stories or anything where you started seeing the inside scoop and you're like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's so funny. It's just like, I mean, the way things have just like shifted in the past like two years. That's why I'm like, I wish Instagram would just be Instagram, you oh know, gosh, and let you're TikTok preaching to the choir. TikTok. <laughs> but I mean, that's a whole conversation for another day, but for real. Um, yeah. So anyways, I'm so excited to talk to you. And I just I love what you're doing. You're a mom. You're a badass. 
you put on this little bikini that you pulled out of a bag. I thought it was a, it's a tissue paper. And I'm like, what is this girl doing? And you put it on and I instantly ran to your link in your bio. And I'm like, what does this workout entail? Like, I mean, I was like blown. Like, I'm like, no way in hell. Like, it, you look amazing. So I'm going to stop. I love that. I, well, I appreciate it. I, like I said, it's so funny because you never know how much someone's watching, specifically on TikTok, um, because you don't see the views. You might see like a like, you know, but you don't see like story views or who's actually watching it. You just see how many times it's watched. So yeah, um, I I appreciate that. It gives me good feedback. I've I've really been trying to hit TikTok harder. I used to do YouTube, and so being on camera talking and on top of my podcast, it's just, it's my strength. So it's like, I need to use it and I, and I want to use it. So I've just found such an escape over on TikTok where there's just not like a, there's not an expectation for anyone. And I think that that's a really cool thing about the app. And I hope continues to stay true about the app is that you can literally be anyone or anyone you want to be. And there's some, there's a, there's a community out there for you. And I think that's a really cool thing. Mm -hmm. I went, you know, I went to VidCon. Yes, I saw that. It was like the amount of, I mean, there was like all these famous TikTokers that I have never heard of before because Mm -hmm. I'm not on that side. Mm -hmm. But the amount of areas, like, I mean, it is unreal. Like there really is a truly a community for every single person, which is, I think, great for us moms. Yeah. Because you do, you have the workout moms, you know, you have the, the stay at home moms, you have the homeschooling moms, you have the working, like, I mean, there's all these areas and then we all kind of like come together, but, um, you know, we all kind of relate in some ways. So we might be like on all those different areas, but like, there is just something for everyone. It truly is. It's been like life changing for me. Like we could get into that, but like, yeah, you know, it truly has. So, well, I'm excited um, to, to exactly that is dive into it. You, as of right now, I mean, on TikTok, you have almost 593,000 followers and you have 13.6 million likes. So you have had quite a glow up, you know, in the past few years of doing social media. So I like, I don't know where you want to start. Is there a background to your life that we need so, to like lead up to the yeah, new you? Like, what little, do we want to do? Yeah, let's do like a little bit of a background. So, um, you know, obviously, TikTok pays a large part. But um, so I became a single mom by situation in 2000. And 15, my son Deacon was born and um, light of my life. I mean, prior to that, I was just this party girl living in Newport Beach, California, selling premium wines to freaking stores and restaurants. It was just like the life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I got pregnant and it was like, I had this instant bond with him. Like it was the craziest thing. Like I was like, it's me and you, baby. Like Let's in go. utero. In utero yes, bond. And, I love and that. It, it's so crazy. Cause like, I, I didn't have that as much with Rhett, which we'll get into probably why, but like, it was so, it was this crazy bond. And instantly I was like encyclopedic cause you're taking this party girl. And then like overnight, it's like, Cause I found out I was pregnant, like at like 12 or 13 weeks. Like, okay. Okay. So you take this like party girl and you're like, Oh, you're a, you're a mom now. And I jumped into it and I instantly realized like, this was my purpose in life was mm-hmm. to be a mom. I had this weird blog at the time, which I regret, but I, it has been deleted since after my son passed away, which we'll talk about. But um, so I mean, it was just him and I, I ended up moving home cause it was really hard to do on my own one financially as a single mom in Newport beach to just, we need help. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. I, and I think this, you need help husband or no husband. You mm-hmm. need help from the outside. Absolutely. And so my mom welcomed me home randomly. My sister moved home from college randomly. My brother and his girlfriend moved in. So it was just like we had, and, and I feel like God has like set it up like that, like mm-hmm. that we, it was just, he brought. You had the village. Yeah. You and had De- the village. <laughs> and, and Deacon brought our family together. And it was like the most our family had really just like, he kind of just brought us all close together. And it was, it was a real blessing. I mean, we did everything together. Like if you've watched my page, you know, I do not sit at home. We are out and about, we are going to the beach, we are traveling, we're doing all the things. And it was the same with Deacon. My mom was really big on like, let's get out, go to the beach, do this, go to the zoo, go to the park. Like, so I've kind of always been like that. And on, in October, 2016, when he was almost 19 months old, I went to pick him up at his daycare and um, found out he had been strangled by his Baltic Amber teething necklace. Um, and his daycare, which I did not know at the time, was negligent in the whole situation. They didn't call 911. They didn't do CPR. A uh, parent went to pick up her kid and the kid was like, Deacon's not breathing. And the mom goes in there and was like, what are you doing? But it was because they had too many kids there. They had to hide the kids before the cops came. They, and it was just like, So had they done their job um, as a freaking human, Mm -hmm. there may have been a different outcome. And I think a lot of people that follow my page want to know, you know, what was it the necklace or the daycare? Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. let's, if we take the negligent daycare out of it, the necklace was still a strangulation hazard. Hazard, correct. Um, And we have since found out. So he died in 2016. I went hard on, on getting answers. Um, the FDA, the AAP in t- November, 2000, it was November of December, 2018. So two years after he died, put out a warning that said, these are, cause then all these parents started coming forward. Hey, this mm-hmm. happened to me too. This happened to me too. Did they lose their child? Not all of them, but it was a big enough risk that it was like, we need to weigh out the benefits and the risk. And I think what the F- FDA and the AAP do is they do these studies. Like if there is a big enough benefit to to medicine or a baby product or something, um, then will it outweigh the risk? Well, then they did a study that showed that that Baltic, the Baltic in that Baltic amber teething necklace, um, doesn't the systemic acid that's supposed to relieve the inflammation of the child's teething doesn't even release unless the temperature was three hundred and ninety two degrees. So oh therefore, gosh. it actually serves no purpose. So the it's FDA, just a it's hazard. just a necklace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's a you know it is a glorified accessory at this point. So they when they found that out, they're like, oh, this is actually serving nothing but a risk. So that was, and I think a lot of people are like, you didn't know they were dangerous, and I'm like. No, you wouldn't know they were dangerous if it wasn't for me. Okay. That came out in 2018. <laughs> like this mm-hmm. happened in 2016. And the cool thing about TikTok is when I opened up about this on TikTok, which I was so hesitant in doing just because people would blame me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I opened up about it on TikTok, all of these moms came forward. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, it just like kind of changed everything with pediatricians in the news and people were like picking up on this. And I did on TikTok what the news and what you know court cases and what all these things what people could not do i did from tiktok which is right so um and i'm so grateful for the other moms that came forward with their stories because this is the situation we have to look at with that is that we if your baby and babies have fallen off the bed if your baby falls off the bed are you going to call the police and be like i would like to make a report that like Mm. my baby 
he's fine, but he fell off the bed. No, you're going to be like, tell your husband, like, all right, that's never happening again. Like, let's just never talk about it again. Like, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and it, and, and I, I bring up the bed situation because it has happened to all of us. Oh, okay? absolutely. And so, but you learn your lesson, and but you're not calling the cops and making. But if we did make reports, then we would say that is a preventable injury and we need to be more loud about it because we have millions of reports of babies are falling off beds and these are the amount of injuries that there were well same with teething necklaces oh my god my child almost got strangled by their teething necklace are they going to call the police and be like i'd like to make a report like my baby's fine but i'd like to make a report that they almost died from their teething necklace right no but when i come out on tiktok now they're saying wait that happened to me that happened to me they're telling their pediatricians now we're getting more statistics on it you know yeah. what i mean so, and we only get the statistics from the kids that end up in the hospital. Correct. So, so, so I think me deciding to open up on TikTok about that opened it up for other moms to also come forward, which has really helped the AAP and some of these organizations really pushing to get these off the market. You know, shout out to Target and Bye Bye Baby, who immediately pulled them off the shelves. The online retailers, anyone can sell anything online, and that's a, an issue that I have. So, anyway, so you know, take the daycare out of it. The necklace was still a strangulation hazard. Mm -hmm. Take the necklace out of it. The daycare was still watching four times over the limit of kids without enough care and being negligent and not performing CPR, like not knowing to perform CPR and a whole slew of things. So mm. two things can be the same at once. And that's one thing that I want to make clear to everybody is two things can be the same at once. So when you see me passionate about you know, getting necklaces off of online marketplaces. And you also see me passionate about making sure that families have access to affordable, safe and quality child cares in my push for that, then you can understand my why I'm passionate about both. Because yeah. two things were the same at once for me. Mm -hmm. And um and and I use my platform. I'm lucky and grateful to have a platform to be able to talk about that. So, you know, my, my son passed away and I mean, things just went downhill. I mean, I could not wish this upon my worst nightmare. So I think when people see me get, and I like to use the word passionate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they like to use the word attitude, but I will use the word passionate. When I get passionate about these things, it's because I cannot fathom even my worst enemy going through something like I did. And that's why, you know, you want to call me the safety Karen or the, you know, child product Karen that I'm, you know, all that stuff, like call it, call me that, you know, because I just cannot fathom another mom, like going, having to bury her child. It is just like, I mean, now I've done crazy EMDR therapy, hardcore. I just finished six weeks of EMDR. It was life changing. Can, can you break down what EMDR means? What so that type EMDR of therapy is? EMDR is now. I'm going to say this wrong, but it's eye movement. I'm. It's like rapid eye. It's eye movement. Okay, I don't know what it stands for. Dissociation, eye movement, REM dissociation. I don't know. It stands for something like that. Eye so, movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. EMDR. And reprocessing. Okay, yeah, yes. Got it, okay. yep. Um, okay, so anyways, basically like what it is, is they, you go through this deep therapy. I did six weeks. And six weeks, three to six weeks is average. Um, and I'll have to get you for your show notes, this therapist that I went through. Um, she does like Zoom stuff. She has, I mean, it's it, if anyone has gone through anything traumatic, whether it be a divorce, a loss of a home, parent, I mean, any sort of trauma where you find that you are having like PTSD. And what I mean by that is, 
um, I would be in a restaurant and they would serve me a salad with cherry tomatoes. Cherry tomatoes reminds me of my son Deacon. All of a sudden, like I'm angry and I'm breaking down in a restaurant and it was Mm -hmm. happening like I'm I'm almost six years out, still happened. Mm-hmm. And I just was finding that like I would go places and people would talk about things. I would have this like heaviness on my chest and I didn't want people to know that I was crying because like they wouldn't understand. So I would hold it in, but then I was not present. I was not having any conversations because I was so stuck on like, oh my God, my grief and like all this stuff. So mm-hmm. I went to this therapist, she's in Orange County and Um, we did EMDR and you put these like paddles in your hands and they make your eyes go like back and forth. So it's like kind of putting you in this like weird trance, but it's not hypnotism and you relive your trauma Mm. and then, you know, they stop it and they go, okay, like start talking about like what's going on. So what you realize is like my, like the root of my trauma is my son dying, but you have to think of like everything that went around after that. So my son dies. I, then there's the funeral. Then there's, I have to go back into the home without him. Cause I had just gotten a new home two months prior to him dying with just me and him. So mm-hmm. then, then I lost all my friends. Then there was like a drinking aspect that we'll get into. I'm almost four years sober. So we get into that, but then there's all these things that have to do with my trauma and so there's a lot of triggers there. So, so at one point you're like looking on, like, think of a big screen TV, your crazy trauma experience. And by the end of it, you still, you still see your trauma, but think of like a two inch TV, like in the corner of the room Got where it. you can see it playing, but it's not taking over your thoughts. So for instance, I went to a 4th of July parade that I had taken my son Deacon to. And a situation like that, I would be like, all right, mom, I'm not, we got to leave now. I'm getting triggered. Like, I'm going to cry. Like, I'm sad. It wasn't until I got home and I was like, oh my gosh, like, we talked about him while we were there. Like, remember when we were here with Deacon? Like, blah, 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 blah. What a good time. Like, I miss him, whatever. Everything was normal. I did not have the heaviness on my chest. It was like the picture was there in the corner. I saw it playing. But I enjoyed my time with Rhett. And that was my whole thing is I want to be able to enjoy my time with my son. Yeah, absolutely. Not have this heaviness. You know, I can't change what happened. Um, I can't change the past, but um, I can remember the good times and I can remember the bad times too, because I do want it. That's, I am passionate about that, of of Mm -hmm. making that known, but you know, I can live my life like freely now. And so it's like, that's why it's like, I can do these podcasts. Like I can talk about it without crying. Like, and I think a lot of people on TikTok are like, dude, she cannot even talk about her son without crying on her TikTok. And that's still true to this day, but it's getting a lot better. Like I'm able to manage my life more. So, you know, like, so for me, um, it has just been, and I just finished that maybe like four weeks ago. And I think it's good if you're like a, a year or two or three out of your trauma to do something like this okay um but you know i had heard your um episode you did about friend friendships and like losing friends and i just like so related to that because like that happened to me you know Mm -hmm. and just like i think you just like kind of allowed me to know like people come in your life at different time for different reasons and they're placed there and it's okay like kind of gave me some grace to be like it's okay that things aren't as they were 10 years ago, you know? Right. Right. Well, and I think remembering too, like with, with the extreme sadness that you were going through during that time, sometimes a lot of other humans, uh, especially if they're not like related to you and they are just a friend, they don't know how to go through that with you. 
And, and it's hard for them because then they don't know how to support you. And so maybe they just retrieve somewhere else, which doesn't make you feel good at all, but then it also doesn't make them feel good. So it's sometimes just like, like I said, in the podcast, it's not always a negative goodbye, right? It's just kind of a separation that at that point in your life, like that friendship cannot be withheld and supported. Um, and it's yeah. not like, it's not going to be positive in that time. Um, and so I, I think that sometimes we expect like these closures, especially in friendships or support, especially during such a traumatic time, like you went through when we're not always going to get that. And, you know, I can't imagine the, not only the bravery it takes to open up about this on social media, but, you know, thinking like, cause in our, anyone listening right now, hearing a mother speak about losing a child, you know, our immediate thoughts, I think most people would be what is there negative to say to someone who did who has gone through that? How could anyone say anything mean to someone who has gone through that or or whatever it might be? And it, it's sad, but it's out there. You know what I mean? And so I think for you to take that leap and and talk about it on your TikTok and share your story and and even get on this podcast and be able to talk about it and be open about it. Um, I don't think there's ever a moment where it's like, oh, she's like really desensitized to it now. It's like, no, like you're just getting stronger and you're learning how to honor Deacon while still loving your son, Rhett, and also being able to love the platform that, you know, that Deacon's living through, you know what I mean? His his message and um, his experience, although would not wish upon anyone else, is now allowing you like he is saving other children through you. You know what I mean? He's yeah. saving other moms sanity through you. And it's almost um in a, in a strange way to say he knew that you would be the mom to make a change and that, that, Oh my God, that's making me, whoo, I'm getting a little emotional. I'm sorry, but no, I like really appreciate you like saying those things. Cause my biggest thing is like, I don't, I don't want his death to have been in vain. Like mm-hmm. he is greater than this. And like, I have to do something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I think when Pete, you brought up like the descents. Well, first of all, I want to say like, when it comes to the friends and the family and death, I did not get a rule book to lose a child. They did not get a rule book to have Mm-mm. their best friend lose a child. Mm-mm. My mom did not get a rule book for all these things. So everyone was just kind of doing what they you know, you know, they probably wanted me to act away. I wanted them to act away. And like, no one had a rule book. And I finally like accepted the fact that like, this is not my fault or their fault or anybody's fault, except what was responsible for it. Like it was no one's fault. We do not, we cannot plan for this. There's no rule book. And I think it's just giving, giving grace to the situation for all, for Mm -hmm. my, for my family, for my friends, for me, for the people around me, that it was just no one knew what to do, you know, but I realized like you had mentioned the desensitization, like, so for me, you know, I talk about this on, I go to Capitol Hill, I talk about this with Congress people, I tell my story to social media, like I have told the story more times than I can count, because it needs to be told. Yeah. So I have gotten in a rhythm of being able to talk about it. And that has taken time. Like I'm six years out. I would say at the five-year mark, I started really just accepting that like this happened. This is how I'm going to continue to fight for what happened and make things right. 
but this happened, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I can't go back, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. And, and I have to always tell myself, like, at that time, I thought I was doing what's best for my son. At that mm-hmm. time, I thought I was enough. I was doing, and I'm still enough, but like that I was doing, and it, and that's like taken a lot of work. So, you know, to the moms that may be listening to this that are grieving, a stillborn, a miscarriage, an infant, a child, a parent, whatever you're losing, like, I hate saying time heals all, but over time, it doesn't heal, but things get manageable. Mm-hmm. And with the right tools and with the right therapy, things get manageable. Now, for me, I instantly went off the deep end. I was always a party girl. When my son died, I didn't drink while my son was alive, really, like once in a while at a bachelor up party or something. But like, when he died, it got so extremely bad. The best gift that I ever gave to myself was deciding to go get help. Mm-hmm. And I went away for a couple months and I've been sober. It'll be four years, November 6th. And it That's was awesome. the best. And I've actually never talked about that on social media. So I'm like eager to see what people have to say about that. But um, <clears throat> I, um, it was by far the best gift that I gave to myself, to my family, to my future children, to my future husband is the gift of sobriety. And it has been, I don't find shame in it. I find shame in how I treated people prior and mm. things like that because of my grief and positions I was putting myself in. But this is something that I am extremely proud of. And um, I don't think my life would be anything as it is today had I not made that decision on November 6, 2018. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is so powerful. And I I think with that, again, it takes a lot of, in in that time, you know, you're, you would have been, um, what, a year or two removed from Deacon's passing? Yeah. When you decided to be sober. So Mm -hmm. in that time, taking that leap away from maybe the only thing that was helping you cope, um, and going going raw into these emotions and starting to really process what happened without escaping it, um, I think is it takes again a lot of bravery in a different way. And I mean, I just I can't can't imagine um, the strength that you've had to muster up and and grow through and gain through this experience. And again, just finding you on TikTok and learning your story through there, um, just. Again, it's I and I know you've heard, probably heard it over and over, but it just it this the, like I, don't, I just can't even find the words you are. I couldn't imagine the strength that it took to not just get through it, but to then try again and, and, and then now to have another beautiful son, Rhett, and be doing these amazing like TikToks and reviews and child advocacy and all these things combined. So with now where you're at and thinking of the journey that you've come on, can we talk a little bit about how, like, where was your decision to then um, mother another child? How was that decided? So um, it's so funny because when, like, I, you know, you put stuff on your vision board and you live that, right? Mm-hmm. So I had put on my vision board, like, I I know my purpose is to be a mother. It, it was the second I found out I was pregnant with Deacon, I knew my purpose was to be a mom. So, you know, I, I always describe it like this. Like, imagine that, you know, you're, you're in high school, you're 16 years old, your dad gets you your first, like, Toyota Camry, you know, 10 years old, right? 
and you get you drive that old Toyota Camry, you got your freedom, you could take yourself to soccer practice, you could take yourself to Del Taco, you have like in your like, this car is my everything as a 16 year old, right? Right. And then you you get in a, a little car wreck or something and you're that car, it's done. You don't have that car anymore. So now you go back to your old life. There was no problem with your dad taking you to, to soccer practice. There was no problem with your dad driving you around and dropping you off places. There was no problem with that before. But now that you've had a taste of, of that thing that you love and that freedom and, and that life, it's you want that back. And for mm-hmm. me, I was a mom who that was my purpose. Like I craved that. I lived motherhood. I had the blog. I, I, I did the same shit that I'm doing now, but like via blogs, because that's what it was at the time. And, you know, to get that taken away from me, and now I'm sitting at home watching all the parents take their kids to school, watching my mom's group take their kids to preschool for the first time. And I'm just sitting there with no end in sight. I've never, now I've always, I've gone on dates with guys, obviously I have a baby, but like I've never been one to date or have a boyfriend. And so I really put myself out there like once I got, which was also awkward because then I got sober and I'm like, wait, how do people go on dates? Like, right. Like, oh, you want me to meet you at a bar? And I like just got out of treatment. Okay. This is like, you know, so it was like an awkward situation too, but I was like putting myself out there. Like at one point I was going on like two or three dates, like in a week. And I just was like, this is, I don't like, I don't want to this, none of this isn't going to pan out, Mm -hmm. but I really wanted to be a mom. And I was like, you know, I am in a place now where, um, I'm ready to be a mother. And that is the one thing that is like missing in my life. And, uh, financially, you know, I had my house uh, financially. I was like back living on the beach and like I, my finances were good. I was killing it at my job. I had just gotten like rep of the year, two years in a row. Like I was just thriving. Right. And everything was going good. And I just was like praying to God. I'm like, I'm going to have a baby. And if you don't want it to work, don't make it work, mm-hmm. you know, but if you want me to be a mother, make it work on the first time. Cause like I ain't spending all this money. Right. So <laughs> I had actually gone to the fertility doctor to do IUI and, um, he was like, yeah, cause I have PCOS and stuff. So I was able to somehow get it like covered by insurance. Well, in the last minute they were like, Oh, your insurance isn't covering you cause you're not over 35. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like that means I'm going to have to spend like $10,000 every month. Like, where am I going to come up with that? You right. know? So I got into some Facebook groups. I actually got into like the lesbian mom. Shout out to the lesbian mom. <laughs> you guys taught me everything that I know about home insemination. Like these girls have it down from Hell the, yeah. the ovulation. Like these girls, like they opened their little Facebook group arms to me. I jumped in there and they gave me everything that I needed to know. And it I was just like, oh my God, like shout out to them. And um, so... You know, I I ordered this sperm to my home and it came in this big tank and it was like the most awkward thing. It was just like sitting there until like my ovulation test came like positive. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this, you know. So I just like laid down, followed their directions and did the insemination and went to work. Like, (laughs) so did you choose like what this a sperm donor would look like? Okay, like, that's how does like that always work? everybody's, that's always <laughs> like, everybody's question. Know. So it, think about it as a Tinder. Like oh you see, gosh. yeah, but you only see baby pictures. And sometimes okay. like I, now people are like, did you do anonymous and like non, 
not anonymous. So I did, I had to go by genetics testing first. Obviously, um, I'm a carrier of like the cystic fibrosis, fibrosis gene, which means that like I cannot, my partner would have to be negative for that. Yes. Tons of people carry the gene. That means nothing. But you just don't want you and your partner to carry that. To both. Correct. To both. Yeah. So, um, and that's a whole gene statistics thing. Like, you guys can Google it. But um, I always have moms be like, well, do I? And it's weird because, you know, they don't even test the mom for cystic fibrosis until she's 20 weeks pregnant, which is like the most weird thing to me. But um, I always preach to moms. I'm like, when you get married, you and your husband need to go in and get your genetics tested just to be sure, you know? Right. So, um, so anyways, uh, so that was like, I had to filter all that out first. So I did genetics first and then, um, you could go in and they have like a full profile. So some of them have adult pictures. I did not go with that. I just did like the baby, they give you some baby pictures and, um, and then like an overview of like, now they do a full psychiatric review. I mean, I know more about my son's donor than I know about like my own dad. Like they do right. a full overview. They do a full um, um, psychiatric review, professional review. They put in like where they went to college and all these things. They write a letter to you. They leave this little voice memo. It's this, you know, and um, they, you know, they put their strengths and their weaknesses and like all of these things. So I think like my donor said like, athletic mathematician or something like that. Oh, we love that. Uh, Yeah. And (laughs) so, you know, I, and I had, I I picked out three different donors at three different banks. Now, when I was going through the fertility clinic, which is crazy is that they only work with California cryos. So I would have had a different donor there. Mm -hmm. So when I ordered it to my house, I had to go with one that would send sperm to your house. So I went with cryos international And I only ordered one vial. It was going to be my test run. Like, let me, you know, make sure that everything works. And like, you know, and you know, it's like a thousand dollars. Right. So um, by the time you ship it, it's like 800 with like $2 shipping or something. So, um, you know, so I did it. I went to work. I thought nothing of it. I was thinking every single symptom, like, oh my God, I have a little cramp, but okay, well that could be your period coming. Like, right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so like, you know, it, but I think moms getting pregnant, you know, they always do that. Like, oh, I have a little twinge right here. It's like, yeah, no, that's your, could be your period also. Like, yes. Which is crazy about pregnancy because it's similar. You know? it, yeah. People are like, oh, what was your first signs? I was like, babe, when you're pregnant, like it's more mental. Like you, yeah. fe- you know, you're pregnant. You have an instinct. It's never physical in my opinion. Like every time I've always just thought I was going to start my period both times. It was all how I felt mentally connected. I'm like, something's not right. Exactly. That, that was like, it. That was, that yeah. was the only difference. <laughs> and so for me, like knowing so every little thing I was like, okay. But then I had gotten to the point where I was like, okay, probably not again. This is just my test run, but I did shout out to God. I was like, please let it work on the first try because I don't want to waste all this money. And, um, it was like, I was nine or 10 days DPO and days past ovulation. If you don't know what that means, but, um, I was nine or 10, I think it was 10 days. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my pregnancy test. And I took one on the strips and I was like, do I see a faint line? And so then I took one on the first response and it was like very, I was pregnant. So I'm like, oh my God, like this is nutty. So I call my mom and she like, she kind of knew I was thinking about doing it, but she did, you know, she didn't know the details. I was like, mom, I'm like pregnant. And I mean, she was just like, over the she wanted this for me. I wanted this for me. Um, and I'm just like, not one of those people to ever do anything normal. So like, 
I don't think it was a shock, you know? And right. I was talking to my mom. I'm like, I don't know what people are going to say. You know, I think oh, some of my family was a little shocked. Like, you know, is this a good decision? But again, like my finances were in order. I knew how much babies cost and childcare and all these things. So I had already saved up all this money. So like I like financially, like that was going to be taken care of. I didn't have that. Like, you know, my mom, I had her on board. So it's like, I had like my village and like, I, you know, so, um, you know, did people have something to say? Probably. But at the same time, I think everybody, all my friends and family at the time, like they wanted me to be a mom too. You know, I'm sure they wanted me to meet someone and get married and be a mom, but like they, at the end of the day, that everyone was on the same page of they wanted me to be a mom. Right. And so, um, and the thing is that I always tell people, like, if you get knocked up or you do home insemination or however you get, you get pregnant, it doesn't work out with, with your husband or just your boyfriend or whatever. Like the second that baby gets here, no one gives a fuck. You know, they are so, those babies bring so much light into the world and like people are happy for you and no one is caring about those other outside things. So, right. And, and it, it was true with my son Deacon, like everybody fell in love and it was mm -hmm. true with Rhett. Everybody fell in love. Now we were in the middle of a pandemic. So that was like kind of a strange thing for me, but I had like my TikTok, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, going to, so that, so I had made a video it was like, I think May of 2020. And at the time I was making these videos as a joke on TikTok. Um, my friend was in the hospital. She was going through like a cancer treatment and she was like obsessed with TikTok. And I'm like, I'm not getting on another app. Like, and she's like, no, look at these like Gen Zers. They're dancing. It's just like, it's great entertainment. I got sucked into the TikTok. So I was like, okay, well I went to school in a turn of events, I went to school for broadcast journalism with an emphasis in storytelling. And I went and I got a minor in radio TV film with an emphasis in production and editing. So like, I do this for fun, you know? Right. So like, okay, well, like, I'm going to make some cooking videos in my kitchen. So I made, um, I made these cooking videos in my kitchen. I called it tiny kitchen segments where I'd make these stupid cooking videos during the pandemic for me and my neighbor. And they were just so dumb. Like I got a ring light and everything. I thought it was the funniest thing I had a ring light. And I was like, look at I go to ring light. Like, it was so stupid. And then one day I was bored. Like my work computer was doing a reboot. I was like, oh, I'm going to do the DIY um, trend. It was like uh, DIY. I made this myself and people were showing their kids. And I was like, no, literally I DIY myself. Like I, I literally like I did it myself. So I made that video showing the process of home insemination and boy, did the internet have something to say. Oh and no. I mean, and uh, not even the internet, then it got over to the UK and those people were not happy about it. Like they could not fathom. I think in America, they're like us Americans were crazy. We do crazy shit all the time. But, um, you know, the TikTokers are like, uh, following to see how this baby comes out deformed. And I'm like, I literally did. I, I basically like, it's just like sex. Just all you did was it. take like, out the penis. Yeah, I'm like, like it's, it's really exactly. that. Yeah, so I'm, like, I'm like, no, I don't think what pe and like, people are like, weren't you able to choose boy or girl? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, so I think people get confused between, you know, IVF is implanting an embryo inside of the uterus. IUI is um, taking the sperm and dropping it right on top of the egg and hoping for the best. Mm -hmm. ICI or home insemination is 
sticking the syringe up there just as if you were to have sex and that's it, it's, it it's, it's it's and it's less invasive than sex. it's literally you know so mm -hmm. so i think people get confused they're like did you so did you pick out boy or girl like all this right. stuff and i was like people so i think people and and then people were like then there was then it got to a bunch of girls that were like i love that this could potentially be an option for me right and i was like you know what like hell yeah like i love this for the girls because you know i think sometimes it's like girls will settle or they have in their mind that they want to be a mother and and, and that's awesome and so they're like well I, this guy isn't really what i want but he's gonna make me a mother and it's like now you don't have to think that way because mm -hmm. you know what if you're a badass bitch and you got your finances in check you have a supportive family um there's no reason why you can't do this on your own if you're okay with that you know if you really want to have the picture perfect family which i do too one day like then strive for that but like at least you know you have an option and then there is right. the, the, then there is these moms that are close to 40 and like well ivf is my only option right and i'm like well what did your doctor say about your fertility? Oh, well, everything looks great. Well, there's no reason you can't try this. I had a mm -hmm. girl older. She tried it. She got pregnant her first time. She's older. She's like almost 40. Wow. And so she's like, I was about to put $40,000 into IVF. And I'm like, well, no, you don't have to, you know? I love that. No, yeah. that's great. And I, again, you there's so many people out there who, yeah, maybe their purpose and they feel it in their heart is to become a mom, but they think, oh, I haven't met that person yet. Um, no matter who if that's a, a female, a male, a, you know, whoever, you know, they just haven't met that love yet. And it's like, well, it also doesn't mean you have to wait until you do, you know, if this is a choice, then whoever you do end up finding in that future will also want that child of yours already. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's if, just that's, another if that's your option. passion. Yeah. Yes. I think it's just, it's just another option. And like everybody everybody's wants and needs are different mm -hmm. and and you know i want to be i want to have like because i want to make it clear right now i am looking um so just like if there's any men out there but like i like i also want that like i do feel like if, if i were my life is like so great right now but like that missing piece of the puzzle is like i've never been in love before you know and right i think i deserve that like and so i do want that but like I also really wanted to be a mom and, and it couldn't have been a better timing. And I hate to say like the pandemic, but the thing about like the pandemic is it caused me to slow down and it caused right. me to like, not all these people coming over to see the baby and really like establishing because I didn't have, I was so pregnancy after loss for me. All I know, all I had in my head at the time is babies die. Now I was in all these grief groups, right? Yeah. All grief groups with moms who have lost babies. So for two years, all I was hearing, all, the people that I was hanging out with were other moms that lost kids. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it was like, that was also like in the forefront of my mind. And so the bonding was really hard with my, with Rhett um, in utero because I was, I, I didn't want to believe it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, when he got here, like coming home and everything, and it, it was just like that bond was there. And you know, we were, I, I remember coming home from the hospital and like, oh, I'll even cry talking about this. And like, my mom just like, she was like getting me my water and my snacks for the pumping and the breastfeeding. And she just like looks over at me and she's like, we are so lucky, you know, like, uh, oh, that like, makes so me, like, I know, I know. It's like, and I just was thinking like, God is so good, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, like, and being, being a mom is, is such a, you know, there's plenty of people out there that will choose to not be a mom. And that is 150,000% 
okay. But for those who choose to take on that role, it is just such an undeniable tap into a person you never even knew of yourself could exist. And so to have that love back, to have that spark, especially after you're saying, you know, you felt your purpose and what saved you almost, right, of you know, sobriety and all these things was ending up being a mom. And so to have that feeling re- relived and revisited after all the sadness and your mom also looking over and just seeing you back in that element, so to speak, you know, I could just imagine like the electricity that was in that room and just like joy and happiness and just overabundance of like luckiness, you know, to have just another beautiful child to look at and, well, and, I and think love for her and care too, for. I think for my mom too, like she looked over and she's like, I have my daughter back, you know, it was just like, just like being, you know, I was just like, so lost. Like when you know, you're supposed to do something like imagine someone taking away your podcast, mic and your, in your social media for you, that would be like, I'm devastating. You are. Yeah. I I mean, you're, you're a mom, but like a huge part of you is, and I would feel the same way too about like my social media or like being able to use my voice, but like, you know, for like, for you, it's like, you know, when you know what your purpose is and is to like share and help people for you. But for me, it was like, it was like, it was this like motherhood thing and like talking about motherhood and like, so I used to have this blog. It was called To Be Continued, T-W-O. And it was with me and my son, Deacon. And I would blog all these mom hacks. Mm-hmm. So I loved like being like doing my mom hacks. It was like, I, I I lived for that shit. Like I love the, you know, all the videos of, of the mom hacks. Like I love making those. Like it brings such a joy to my life to like share these hacks that I come up with or what's working for me or like, oh my gosh, this totally helped with my breast. And I was like, I cannot wait to share it. Like it, I mean, I get a high off of like motherhood shit. Like it yeah. is so crazy. Like I, I mean, it is like, and I think some people, you know, and I, I had, so people like, oh, you get, oh, you get up and you get dressed every day and hair and makeup. Well, that'll stem from when I had had a little bit of like the baby blues with Deacon is I saw this therapist and she was like, and this is a good piece of advice for any mom. She was like, um, what are like three things outside of baby that bring you joy, that make you feel your best? And I was like, making my bed, doing my hair and makeup and watching the housewives. And she's like, okay, so every day, even with this baby, I want to make sure that you get up, that you find time to make your bed, hair and makeup and watch housewives once a day, you know? Right. And honestly, I was like, all right, I got three things back that I, that these make me feel good, you know? And like, and I know the housewives thing is stupid, but at the time, like that was a big deal to me. So, you know, for me, I did like the same thing. Like what makes me feel good? Like getting, it was, it was going outside on a walk, doing my hair and makeup and TikToking. Like the, at the time those made me happy mm-hmm. and like those brought me joy. And so I made sure that with Rhett, I continue to do that. And I do that to this day, you know? Yeah. And, well, um, and, and you have to, like you have to, and it's hard some days, like some days you, you won't be able to do those three things. Maybe, you know, it might, you might make it a non-negotiable in your head, but there's some days where it's like, you just can't always fit it in. Then you but, give yourself grace on those yes, days. But, and it yep. could be a goal, but like you, you know, I had saw, do you, do you follow positively page? Yes. Oh, she I had love posted, her. Yeah. She had posted yesterday that she was like in her pajamas from like the morning tonight. She was like eating a lean cuisine and she was like, it was just one of those days. And she's just like, 
and that's okay. And I'm like, no, and that is okay. Yeah. So absolutely. I've actually, I've been quarantined this week. I freaking got COVID, but my son and my mom have tested negative for like five days now. And so I'm like, I'm like, what do I do? Because I've never been like sick before. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and like, for me, I'm like, it's okay though. Like it is okay to just like catch up on, on computer work and it's okay. But like, it's also okay to have those goals of like, you know, or if for people, it might be like, I want to try to get a workout in, drink my eight gallons of water and, you know, wear a cute workout set. Like that might be their thing. You know, I right. have friends that are like, that's their thing. You know, like I feel the best in a new Amazon workout set that's $12. Like then you go get it, girl. Right. You then know? you please go get that. So what about your shit sandwich method? Can we chat okay. on so, that? Yeah. So um, the shit sandwich method is I think I get a lot on TikTok about you know, I, I post a lot of a child. So if you go to my page, it's mom hacks and child safety tips. Um, including my child safety tips, I sometimes talk about brands that have unsafe baby products on the market. And even though right on their packaging, it says this is unsafe for sleep, their marketing shows baby sleeping in it, right? Or mm -hmm. whatever the product might be. And of course, right then and there, I am talking about the doc talk. But, um, but, <laughs> great. <laughs> but it is great for those babies where mom's just, you know, doing the laundry, folding the laundry, doing the dishes, baby's doctor, right? That's right. It's great for that. But when you're marketing baby sleeping and like, that's the issue, but stuff like that, where I just feel like the new mom is so vulnerable. She does not know, like, and I'm the same way. Like if I go on Instagram, I'll be like, oh, that's a cool product. But now as a mom who is crazy about safety, I go in, I start looking at some stuff. I'll ask some pediatricians or some TikTokers that are their specific safety stuff is those, those topics. And I'll be like, what are your thoughts on this? And it's like, oh, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Or, oh, that's a great product or absolutely not. Mm -hmm. So, but I think the, the vulnerable new mom, they go on Instagram, they find their favorite influencer and their favorite influencer is using a weighted sleep sack that the AAP has recently said, do not use those for infants. But, and it's like, oh, my baby's going to sleep more. And they have these marketing where your baby's sleeping more if you put on weight. Well, your baby's also like, you can, you should not put weight on an infant. Mm -hmm. So there, I mean, and there, and I just think a lot of moms like don't know about some of these things. Um, but let's just say like the, the teething necklace, this is another great example is the teething necklaces. Um, they're still out there and yeah. they're not in the major retailers, but when you're on Etsy, Amazon, the Walmarts, these online retailers where anyone could sell anything they want, there is no test threat. There's no regulations. There's no safety testing. Target has like the heart is the hardest store to get into for a child's product when it comes to safety and regulations. Like they are so hardcore. So, but online, anyone can tell, you don't even have to be from this country to sell anything that you want online. Like mm -hmm. there are no rules or regulations whatsoever. So they're still out there. And so the shit sandwich is like, you know, people like without, this is how you can least not be a Karen. So if you see someone in a teething necklace and you're like, you've heard my story and you're thinking like, I just don't want anything to happen to that child. Like I got to say something. This is the shit sandwich. You say something nice. You give them the meat and the potatoes. Then you say something nice. So I might say, oh my gosh, your baby is so freaking cute with those blue eyes. I did want to give you a friendly reminder that those have been deemed um, a risk to children for strangulation by the AAP and the FDA. I'd be happy to share that with you. But like those overalls, I have to tell you, are so cute. Where'd you get them? <laughs> like, right, right. You know I mean? That's a and it's it's a way to be like I. 
I'm not, you know, I think sometimes moms come out and be like, oh, it looks like you don't care if your baby dies because you have on an amber teething. Well, that mom might not know. Right. That's not her fault. She's a vulnerable new mom who saw them on Instagram, who was told that they were going to help her baby just like I was told and that they're going to relieve pain. And it's a natural way to not have to give your baby Tylenol and all this stuff. And like, she might not know. We cannot come at moms with, oh, it looks like you don't care about your baby because she does not know. And, you know, so, and then I wait for the mom to respond. If the mom responds, I know your baby died, but I just leave. Like they, they know they're dangerous. They've heard my story. They don't care. I, I'm not going to sit here and argue with them. That's, that's them. But a lot of times they'll be like, I am so sorry. I have absolutely no clue. I'm taking it off now. No problem. Mama would just hate to scroll by and not tell you. I would hate for anything to happen. And so I think there's a way for us moms on the internet. And I'll be honest, when I first came on TikTok, I was still in that heat of my grief mm-hmm. where like anything like, oh, docket tots, the docket tots are great for docking. Like, I, you know, it, it, I would just come at people and it's like, yeah. you cannot do that. Like, hey, mama, I love that your baby's awake in your docket tot just like it should be. Just know right on the package, it says that this is really unsafe for sleep or something like that. Like, there's mm-hmm. like, you know, but I love like the color that you have. Like, that's so cute. Like, there are ways to go about like not being a total bitch in someone's comment section because more than likely you have to assume they do not know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, nice. And, go ahead. Sorry. No. And, and, and if they do know, like my whole thing is like my mom had to have a talk with me because I would get into it with people in the comments. Right. And she had to talk with me. She's like, when you set out, because I had to make a decision am I going to open up that I once had a son and that he passed away? Like, am I going to get to that point on TikTok where I'm going to have to talk about that? And mm-hmm. I, it, it got there. I, it was like my son, Rhett, was a couple months old when I decided to talk about it on the internet. So I waited a while. But, um, you know, and, and I, I put a mission statement, right? And it was to just let people know their options and just let them know of the dangers. Like, so my mom said, when you set out your mission statement, was to warn people of the dangers. Your mission statement was not, I'm going to save every baby on TikTok because you can't do that. So when I get into the mindset of like being a baby savior, I can't do that. That is up to the parents. But what I can do is give the parents the information for them to make a valuable decision, Mm -hmm. an informative decision, you know? So if they've made the decision like, okay, if my baby falls asleep in here, this is a risk, but I really like my baby like chills in here. I like it for this or this. That's on, that's on you. You know, no, I like, I will have an argument against the teething necklaces for everything. No one's ever going to be able to argue against me that those are good whatsoever. Um, but with other baby products, like they can make or, or other ways or co-sleeping, whatever, as long as they have all the information they need to make an informed decision then I feel like I've done my job. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And them as the parents have made an informed decision with their family on what's best for them and their child. So I can't be here and be like, just because it's something that I wouldn't do. Now the teething necklaces, again, are always like, there's nothing that is pure risk right there. But the other, there's other products in parenting styles where it's like, might not be what I do. Here's the information that I have from AAP, pediatricians, this and this, just so you can make an informed decision. And then I have to put my hands up. You know, right, right. Well, and I think, and I do think you do a good job at that. I think I, I don't, I don't know all of your content from like that really premature stage of grief, but 
I'm sure the way that you handled it then versus now reflects the growth that you've had. And like, you can for sure admit to that. You know what I mean? But I do think that like looking at your content now, I think you do a great job at like debunking myths and showing false regulation, just what to look out for. And like you said, have options. If you still want to use XYZ, you know, at the end of the day, you can't do anything against that go off, but I'm just going to still put my say out there knowing my experience and not wanting it to happen to someone else. Take it or leave it. Um, have a good day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, it's taken me some growth to get to that point where it's like, no, 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 no. You are an information provider. You're not, I'm like, I'm not a baby saver. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to do my best to provide information to parents. And it's taken me a while to like, to, and also give parents grace, you mm-hmm. know, because they have, might have found something like, but this really works for my child's sleep. And like when you find something like that or whatever, or, or, or you, you believe in something like that, like that's hard to make a change. But like at least they have the, the information to eventually make that change or whatever they decide. And, and being able to grow in that way has like made being on social media like I feel better about it. Yeah, at least I did my job. And that's all that I could do. You know, right, right. Absolutely. So if there's one thing that you can kind of tell moms with, again, I'm hoping that every mom goes and follows you right now, period to continue to learn. But if there's one thing, a general statement or tip of any sort that you could give other moms, new parents, or really anyone who just even works with kids or wants to be a parent in the future or has nieces or nephews or whatever it might be, how can they better regulate what they're using? Is there a site they can look on to uh, kind of get, you know, a checkmark approval of products? Is there a way that they can make better decisions? Is there any place that they can go? So first thing that I'll say is like, give yourself braces, mom. You do, you came in here without a rule book. We got, and there's misinformation all over the place. So like, give yourself some grace. If one, you're using something and then you're hearing about it now and being like, oh shoot, I had no idea. That's okay. You don't know what you don't know. Um, so one thing that I recommend is, like I said, Bye Bye Baby and Target are going to have the, strict, the strictest rules and regulations. Now, sometimes we'll find a product, um, and, and I'll give you an example. I use the Boppy Lounger with Rhett. Mm, now, okay. eight, months, eight months later, it was deemed, or no, 12 months later, it was deemed unsafe. But I did not know that at the time. So it's just like, we don't know what we don't know. So don't get down on yourself if like you're hearing something right now and you're like, wait, I had no idea. That's okay. Um, But so one thing is like, how do I know if the products that I have are safe? Well, think about it this way. Every single manufacturer wants their baby product in Bye Bye Baby. So if that product is not in Bye Bye Baby or Target, you kind of have to question yourself as to why. Okay. I'm not saying it's because it didn't pass their safety rules and regulations, but you got to kind of question it. So I always, I have a running um, like registry of toddler toys, you know, um, uh, potty chair, all these different things that I might want to buy Rhett. And when I was pregnant, I had a running list on baby list because I'll be honest, sometimes Amazon, that, that UPC number, that same exact product in a bye-bye baby might be $30 cheaper on Amazon. You want to make sure that it is that same product. So it has the same UPC number. If it says it's on Amazon for $60, it's at Bye Bye Baby for $90. That same product, like, you know it's safe because it's sold in the Bye Bye Baby. Mm-hmm. Now, we always want to make sure we're reading our manuals and our rules, like the Docatot right on the front of it. Do not use for sleep. It says it right there. So we want to make sure that, like, we do read 
our car seat manuals and watch the videos and do all the things. Um, but when you're purchasing things on online marketplaces, you need to be, you need to have your wall up there and just make sure that like, this is a, and even, oh, well, this is a baby carrier. It kind of looks like the one I want. Uh, it's a different brand. Well, it might not be in those stores because it's missing a safety latch or it's, it's one of those things where it's not safe enough uh -huh. just because it looks like something. So, um, so I always say go with those name brands, invest more in the name brand stuff. Um, make sure that it's, whether you buy it at Target or Bye Bye Baby, make sure that at least it's also sold there. Um, and, and then, you know, there's some baby products like tooth, kids' toothbrushes. You're fine probably getting a toothbrush from CVS. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? But when we're talking about a, a baby carrier or we're talking about a bassinet, you know, that the a safe a, a safe sleep area is considered you know a crib or a bassinet well on amazon they will put these like in bed sleeper situations and they will call them sleeper bassinets and that's false marketing because they're not mm -hmm. you know but like as moms we know that those terms are good so it's like if you were to go put that upc in and bye bye baby that item's not going to exist right so it's just kind of been, and that's something that like new moms would not know. We go for like, what is cute? What's going to look cute in our house? Like what we like the look of, but we got to make sure that that product is. And so when it comes to products, that's like my, my one big thing, be wary of your online marketplaces. You totally know? fair. Yeah. Jeff well, Bezos I, doesn't know about dangerous baby products. He's just for like, sure. yeah, you can sell anything on that. Yes. Well, and I know, and I, I'll try to, I'm going to write this down so I can link the TikTok. Um, but I know that you have one from, I think maybe a month ago, uh, maybe it was a few weeks ago, a month ago, and you talked about the regulation and there's a certain, um, certain, what was it called? Like, uh, you showed a piece of paper and like a document and there's like a certain clause that anyone online can get out of accountability virtually um for online sale of baby products um i don't remember what it was but it was just basically like if you were to come back and try to like say sue them or something like there's this special thing that you're like this is how they're protected from you being oh, able yeah. to blame that them. was my um yeah so it's that was the um the What's it called? It, not the Docatot. The Docatot actually finally has on there, right on the front, not yes. safe for sleep. It's yes. the Stungle Me Organic. Okay. So they had on the back, like in tiny, tiny little letters, like below the UPC even, it said not safe for sleep. So for them, the parents, and, and on the product, the baby is sleeping. So the parents go back and be like, well, I didn't, my baby died. I didn't know that it was a suffocation hazard. Um, I want to sue them. The product's going to be like, oh, well, if you read the back, like in that like five font, it said not safe for sleep. Right, right. Just because you looked at a picture, that means nothing. Like we wrote it there. Right. So, you know, and so that's how they like kind of protect themselves, which I hate. And that's how they're still able to get into the bye-bye baby, which I mean, I, I applaud bye-bye baby, but at the same time, it's like you put up a sign in your stores then that say, hey, this is, and I think Docatot has done a better job of saying we are a docking station for yes. wake times. Like they've done a good job at that. And, um, and I like, even with Rhett, oh, I would be doing the dishes. He would fall asleep in the boppy lounger. Like, but the thing is, is that what we found from, um, 
from pediatric physical therapists is that putting your baby on the floor is so is perfectly fine. You get those little mats, you know, those, those, um, rubber mats that you put together, you know, those right. are perfectly fine for a baby to lay on as an infant to lounge. Like we think, Oh, they need to be comfy. They need to be comfortable. Have- yeah. Yeah. And, and I still like, when I talk to the physical therapist and they're like, no, this is perfectly fine to just put them on the floor, like, or put them in a pack and play, like to just lounge. Like that's perfectly fine. Put them on their tummy, put them on their back. Like that it's a perfectly safe spot for them to be. And I'm like, I know, but don't they need to like lounge a little bit? Like I even question it. So, right. but what they're saying is like, this is the best place for them to be is flat on their back. Well, what about flathead? Put them on their tummy, make sure you're flipping them around, flipping but it's them. okay yep. for them to have independent play on a mat, you know, and those yeah. little kick and play things with the, you know, I think love every has a great one. Um, those little mats you put the baby down on and the things hang from it, but like the little play mats, like like the mobiles. Yeah. The mobiles yeah. like that hang down and they're like kicking their feet at them. Like that's also good too. Like babies are so good at independent play and you know, we don't have to be there 24 seven, like with them in a swing, like they don't need, it doesn't, we don't even need to have swings. And the cool thing is like, we don't have room for that stuff in our houses anyways. Okay? Right. <laughs> so we don't you know, need it. <laughs> yeah. And swings also, my whole thing is it's like, they can only be in the swing 20 minutes a day. Well, why pay for one? Like, right. You know yeah. I mean? Like, yep. So it's okay to just put your baby on the floor, um, you know, and just make sure that people baby proof their houses. Don't put your baby on the bed. Like, Things do happen and things will happen, you know, things will happen. But like, if you could do your best and I do a lot every Wednesday, I try to post a video on preventable injury. So I work with preventableinjury.org and I use like their social media. They give all the statistics and stuff and I'll make a video. So last week's video, I talked about, um, pediatric vehicular heat stroke about okay. leaving babies in cars. And I'm like, why do I have to talk about this? So like, cause it happens all the time. It does. It does. And it happens so, to, it happens to great parents and it, it does, exactly. you know what I mean? It's just like, people are like, why do you have your kid on a leash? Like, it's like it ha- kids walk away. You can be the most helicopter parent ever and they will get away from you. And it takes one second to regret not having a, an extra way to see them or watch them or whatever it might be. So don't judge and a parent. Do your know thing. Their kids too. Yes. Like they know they got a runner. He's yes. a runner. He's a track star. Like <laughs> Literally. They know. Like they, that kid's at a zoo. He's gone. He's like, gone. He will be in with yeah. the gorillas and exactly. then we will have a problem. So, yeah. so um, no, but exactly. So it's like, you know, it's just like knowing about preventable injury and then getting your mind. Like I was always, I would see these horrible things happen on the news. And I'm like, well, that would never be me. Mm-hmm. And then it was me, mm-hmm. you know? So just like always like, you know, as a parent, like, especially in those younger years, like take the extra precautions, get on your hands. When your kid starts calling, you get on your hands and knees and you walk around and see what you could get into. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a different view from down there. Absolutely. Well, I love that. And I mean, this episode is packed with so much easily talk for like five hours. Um, oh but well, you'll have I to do... have me on again. Someday. I know we'll, we'll have to do a part too. Because once I feel like we get even the feedback of this episode, I feel like people are going to even can you talk a little bit more on blank? Can she share more on blank? So not only follow you on TikTok, obviously, like you share plenty enough there. But for people who like to listen, like to sit, like to take in information this way, I think another episode would be so fun. But oh my god, I would love it. You let me know when honestly, 
And I feel like I want to ask you, like, I need to start the podcast. <laughs> like, I need to ask you things. Yes, we, we can do a reverse podcast. There yeah. we go. <laughs> no, but for sure. I do real quick want to touch on your business, though, Zippy Mama. This oh, is, duh. yes, this is breastfeeding friendly, um, kind of the mama in mind, go-to loungewear. You have sweat sets, you have shirts, you have, I mean, you have everything. Tell us a little bit about that. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Like okay. I'll link it in the podcast on the Instagram this week. You know, I'm going to share it, but talk a little bit about like that business in general. Yeah. So it is so funny. I can't, I do live every Wednesday and I can't tell you how many times I just forget to plug my own business. Like <laughs> I get so caught up in like the safety and the babies and the kids and the motherhood that like, no, you have a job to do. Like you got to promote your business. So here we are, almost did it again. So yeah, so Zippy Mama started in uh, November of uh, 2020. I was on a live. I said, I, I want to start a business. I want to be an entrepreneur. And the moms on the live, I said, what do you guys need? They said, we need breastfeeding clothes. And I got to working. I got to designing. My mom's a seamstress. We started whipping up some ideas. And then I got a manufacturer. So Zippy Mama is a breastfeeding friendly clothing line that is cute, comfy, and convenient. So it has each... Um, garment has horizontal two-way invisible zippers so you can pump you can nurse um you can just open it up just to kind of get that nip out um just enough to feed your baby where it literally looks like you are smothering your baby into your shirt but really your baby is nursing but they can't tell because it's just your nipple out so no need for a cover of course for the moms that want to cover great for the moms that don't care and they will take their top off if they feel like it awesome um but it just gives that mom a little bit more freedom to go out not have to worry about the cover great for traveling so we have dresses again this sweatsuits is like the most popular the jog the postpartum joggers c-section friendly and the sweatshirts we have a um, two t-shirt dresses one is for pre and postpartum one is a little bit more fitted i have a romper pant romper with a zipper in it i that is my favorite thing it's like flying off the shelves and then I would say the go-to, everyone always throws one in their order, is the bamboo t-shirts. They are super soft. You could wear them. It's the perfect coming home from the hospital outfit. So go to zippymama.com. Um, actually, I'll do a code for you if you want to put it in there. Oh, yeah, um, I'll put absolutely. it in my computer after this. So um, we'll do Des B because that seems to be your code for everything. That works. Um, for 15% uh, off on the entire website. So... If you know someone that's pregnant, it is a showstopper at the baby showers because no one thinks of the mom ever. We're getting onesies. We're getting all this stuff. Like no one thinks of the mom. Get her a wa cute water bottle, a face mask, and some Zippy Mama, and like she will that. be thrilled. So yeah. So uh, Des B, 15% off, um, ZippyMama.com. You could follow the Zippy Mama page at the Zippy Mama. It, it's actually World Breast. When do you post this? On Sunday? So this will be live September 4th. Okay. So well after, okay. So, um, we it are is. recording right now during world breastfeeding week. Yes, um, it which is. is awesome. So I'm actually featuring all these moms, like breastfeeding stories. And it's so funny that everyone gives the same piece of advice. It's the funniest thing. Um, <laughs> and they all have the same struggles. Like we are just in this together. So, but anyways, I'll leave this up forever. So even delayed viewers can use it. So does be for 15% off, but if you want to go on the Instagram and just kind of read about other moms struggles and then triumphs, it's on the Instagram. I'm featuring like 20 different moms this week for world breastfeeding week. 
Um, and they're just being like so vulnerable about like their stories. And I'm like, what is like, we are turning into just like supporting each other and being vulnerable. And I'm just here for it. You know? I love it. Yeah. I love it. I think, I think it's been, it's, it's eased a lot of first time moms into being a mom because we're all being honest about the hemorrhoids, about the, oh, about yeah. the cervical checks, about the pushing, about the recovery, about the C-section scars, about, I mean, everything, the, the deflatable boobs, the stretchy nipples, like we're talking about it all. Um, and it's just making you not feel so alone and not, you know, weird or whatever it might be. So I, it, I agree. I'm here for it. I think it's beautiful. Um, I will also, I mean, obviously again, the people listening, it's going to be weeks later, but I will share those. Um, cause I'll, I'll say, you know, Oh, like I recorded with Danny Morin today, woohoo, you know, whatever. And I'll share them to the Instagram today. Um, in just some of those posts, you know, to get them to follow the account, um, yeah. now and, you know, share, share, you know, upcoming episode, get ready, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'll make sure to share that too. And, um, and hopefully get some, get some more eyes on it during such a like special week for a lot of us. Well, moms. I think it's going to be a crazy episode for me too, because I opened up about something on your episode that I have not even told close friends of mine. <laughs> like, yeah. So you know, about like the sobriety and stuff. And maybe that'll like relate to moms. Like, I don't even know. But, um, and honestly, I don't even know why I opened up about that. I think you, like your, your podcast, you're very open, very relatable, like I said in the beginning. So thank you for giving me that opportunity to share that. Of course. Uh, but yeah, like, I hope that people resonate for this. I, I'm always open to ask questions, but yeah, get some questions when the episode is done. And if we do a follow-up, you'll have a list we can go through the questions, you know? Yes, that would be so fun. And again, I, I appreciate you not just taking time out to record, but also opening up and sharing. I mean, I, I always aim to provide a safe space for anyone. And so um, to know that I created even an environment through the phone where you felt comfortable sharing that and it felt easy to share, um, I appreciate it. Because I, I do think that's something that with mommy culture and wine culture, it's something that maybe some moms can get sucked into and not even realize. Um, yeah, not exactly. to the point, not to the point of even covering up trauma, you know, it's just motherhood's hard. So it let's is. take, let's take yeah. a little step back, evaluate how we're feeling. How are we coping? What are we using as coping me mechanisms? Um, and just be, and be honest with ourselves. and it's nothing to be embarrassed about. So I love that. And I think it's a, a good reminder just to check in with you. It doesn't even have to be about sobriety. It's just, how are you doing and what are, what are you doing? So, um, yeah, I appreciate that. You're such a, I mean, you're a strong woman. You're a great talker. I love talking with you. I love following you. Now it's going to be even more special to be like, Oh, we talked. I know her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. But That's I love it. Oh, well, I appreciate it. I'm always here to cheer you on and I know you're here to do the same. So, um, I will get this up, like I said, September 4th. And for those listening, I hope that you guys liked it. We recorded this way ahead of time. I'm so proud of myself for being proactive. Um, I've been really working hard on getting, getting some guests on and, you know, making it fun. So I'm, I'm very glad you were able to join. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me and have of the course. best weekend. Thank you. You as well. We'll chat soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.